0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Um, the kids are with us this morning and I'm sort of glad of that because this morning we're kicking off a new series and the series that we're kicking off is all about Jesus. And we're going to be doing this series all about Jesus through the morning services of July and August. And this morning we're going to be looking at the start of Jesus' ministry and uh, today I want to try and Portray to you that yes, Jesus is a hundred percent God, but yet he was also a hundred percent man that he is not this mystical figure somewhere in the on the internet somewhere or you know off in the clouds, but he was a real man who died a real death for you and I, and so um hopefully all your kids have have got some bits and pieces. To keep them occupied, if they haven't, give one of the hosts a wave, and they'll grab some, some colouring in, for them. So that's the AM series, and the PM series for the next two months. We're going to be doing a series called Counter Culture. Now, Christianity isn't just about living life and then just taking on a few, where well, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do that. That's not what being a Christian is about. We're we're a new creation. We've been transformed. We've been born again. Our lives are no longer the way we used to live. And so it's more about being a new person, not just adding on a few do's and don'ts onto the old person. And so, over the PM series for July and August, we're going to go through a whole series of topics. And they're not just based on, well, you can't do this and you should do that. It's about, well, who are you as a Christian? And we'll be talking things about purity, we'll be talking about our habits. We're talking about what are you feeding yourself on? What are you doing with your resources? Looking at our words, looking at our relationships. And that'll be a great thing. But like I said, uh, we look, we're looking at all about Jesus this morning series. And um, we're going to be basing it on the book of Mark. So I encourage you for the next month or two, read the book of Mark in the Bible. It's a great book. It's, it's the shortest gospel. And just want to this morning, just give you an outline of what the book of Mark is. And the book of Mark was written by a guy called John Mark. And you may know about this guy, John Mark, in the Bible. He was the cousin of Barnabas. Now who Barnabas? Well, you know, Paul and Barnabas, they went on the missionary journeys in the, in the book of Acts. Well, that's Barnabas. So John Mark was the cousin of Barnabas. And John Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on this first missionary journey, where they first started out spreading the gospel. And so they traveled from Antioch over to Cyprus, then over to Galatia. And where that would be in today's terms, well, they would have started out in Syria somewhere, went to Cyprus, and they would have ended up in Turkey. And so John Mark went with Paul and Barnabas from from Syria to Cyprus to over to Turkey. And the Bible tells us that halfway through that journey, he left them and went back to Syria. Now, we don't know why, but we do know that Barnabas and Paul later on had a big Barney over John Mark. They had a massive disagreement, and as far as we know, Barnabas and Paul never spoke to each other again. So, this guy, John Mark, he's some kind of guy that that I don't know what it was about him that Paul and Barnabas had a, a disagreement about him, but what we, what we do know is that John Mark wrote the book of Mark, and when he wrote it, it was in about Uh, Somewhere between 65 and 70 AD and what was happening then was that the Rome at the time was was had a lot of fire the place was getting trashed and the Roman Emperor Nero was persecuting Christians he was trying to pin the blame of all the destruction of Rome on the Christians and so John Mark wrote the book of Mark to encourage the church to encourage them about the good news of Jesus and that's what we're going to be going through over the next two months. Looking, about, looking at the book of Mark and looking about the good news about Jesus. And this morning we're going to kick it off. And we're going to kick off about the ministry of Jesus. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 1. And what I want to, like I said before, what I want to try and portray to you is that the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was God, absolutely. But he was God in the flesh. 100% God. Yet 100% man. So my first point in exploring the ministry of Jesus is, and this is going to be super spiritual. Are you ready for it? Jesus lived his life here on this earth. Wow. (laughs) But that's important. If you don't believe Jesus came to earth, then you don't believe Jesus died. That is one of the corner principles of our faith, that Jesus was the Son of God and that he came to earth. Jesus ate. (laughs) He slept. He cried. Jesus laughed. He would have sneezed, burped. I don't know. (laughs) I won't say the other one. (laughs) He had bad. He would have had bad hair days, smelly armpit days. He would have had days where his mum would have had to wash his clothes because it got dirty. I'm trying to portray the humanity of of Jesus here. Jesus would have seen the sunrise. He would have seen the sunset. He would have seen rain. He would have seen the thunderstorms. He would have heard the the thunder. He would have smelt the the salt air through his nose. He would have tasted the, the barbecued fish that his mates had caught at his direction. Yes, Jesus is in heaven, but he also tasted life here on this earth, just for you and I. So think of the stages of life that we go through. Jesus went th- through them exactly the same as us. He experienced life the way we did. Maybe it's not so much in you know the conveniences and the, and the facilities that we have these, these days, but in essence, the same... The same stages of life. You think of a stage of a person. You're born. Then, I don't know, what's another major stage? You crawl. Then you walk. I mean, think about his mother Mary. The The look of joy on her face as Jesus took his first step. Yeah? Think about the bedtime stories Mary would have, or Joseph, would have read to Jesus. I wonder what Jesus' first word was. Yeah? Dad? (laughs) (laughs) Mum? I'm just speculating here. This isn't scriptural. I'm just trying to portray. Jesus had a first day of school. Not so much at the school that we know it, but he would have had some kind of first day of, of education somewhere. He would have lost his first tooth. Our daughter was sure is missing her two front teeth? I wonder if Jesus's mum Mary sang the song that all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. <laughs> I wonder if the household of Joseph and Mary believed in the tooth fairy. <laughs> it was probably the uh, the tooth archangel. <laughs> I wonder what chores Jesus did around his house again I'm just trying to paint a picture here Jesus 100% God yet 100% man growing up as a teenager and all the guys would understand this there's nothing like as a teenager when you go from a a bit of fluff to some real stubble (laughs) on your face Jesus would have experienced that dad can I borrow your razor (laughs) no Jesus didn't do that (laughs) his first day as a carpenter his first day as an apprentice carpenter I wonder how many times Jesus hit his hit his fingers with a hammer (laughs) I wonder how many nails he lost that went black and blue I love the book of Hebrews in the first chapter of Hebrews and it says Chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And this shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Wow. The creator of the universe, the man in which all things are held together, who is the image of God. He crawled, he walked, he slept, he laughed, he cried. He went to the stages of life for you and I. So even though the internal word was in his body, the human nature of Jesus had to grow and learn just as like you and I. Otherwise his humanity would not have be, been genuine. the ministry of Jesus. 100% God, yet 100% man. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus was with us 2,000 years ago, and yet he's still with us today by his Spirit. Which leads me to my second point, and that is, at some point, Jesus would have believed that he was the Son of God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the point at which Jesus realized and had the revelation I'm the son of God. Wow. I wonder when that happened. I've got a bit of an idea. And the Bible doesn't give us much information about the the younger years of Jesus, does it? We don't know a lot about that. But what we do know that when he was 12 years old, his family went to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And that was a custom where, as a 12-year-old, you'd go and and, and celebrate the Passover feast with all the other 12 year olds and what happened was that Jesus was left behind but not because his parents were a bit remiss but he chose to stay behind and so what happened was he was in the church asking questions of, of the, the teachers and the scribes and his parents didn't know he was there and so they had, they had gone on a full day's journey back to their home in Nazareth And yet Jesus was was still in in Jerusalem, and so he was away from his parents for at least two days. You know, twenty four hours one way, and then they had to go twenty four hours another way. Now, if I had lost James for two days, I'd be freaking out. (laughs) And if that was because James made a decision to do that, he'd be in big trouble. Jesus at the age of 12 understood that he was to be in his in his father's house he knew that he had a father in heaven what had been what had Jesus been told during his childhood i wonder what mary had told him about the 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 shepherds and all the 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 three wise men that came and all the the gifts that that were given to to the family when he was born now as a parent you get often get asked the question from your kids where did i come from (laughs) and that can be one of the funniest conversations you'll ever had (laughs) with your kids you can either be dead serious or you can tell them something that's age appropriate i wonder what mary said to jesus right there When Jesus asked that question, well, actually, Jesus, you really want to know the truth? But what we do know that Jesus, by the time he was twelve, he had a relationship with his father, and that he, in some regards, was loyal to to, to his God in heaven, or his father in heaven, and then more to to Mary and Joseph. And when Jesus, when they asked him, Jesus, why are you in the why are you in the church you know why did you stay behind Jesus as a 12 year old said why are you searching for me don't you know I have to be in my father's house as a 12 year old he had some sort of comprehension that he had to be in his father's house what we do know also is that Jesus knew the Old Testament scriptures man he knew them he had an extensive knowledge the Old Testament and even though he knew the eternal word Jesus accepted the physical limitations of his body and that he learnt by asking questions and it was through prayer and studying the scriptures that he knew in Mark chapter 1 to 1-6 it says this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah the Son of God it began just as the prophet Isaiah had written look I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. Here's a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to be God, turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all of the people of Jerusalem, went to see and hear John, and he baptized them. That first bit of that scripture in Mark that comes from the book of Isaiah and also the book of Malachi Jesus would have read that at some stage in his life imagine what he thought when you read the scripture look I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way that's I get a sound of that that bit of scripture from the prophet Isaiah that was written specially for Jesus Was't written for me, wasn't written for you. That was a little a gem, a little nugget of gold for Jesus to show him that before, before you get into it, John the Baptist, this well, he wasn't called John the Baptist in the Old Testament, but there's going to be someone that prepares your way. There's going to be someone that goes before you and just shows you the new way. I wonder what Jesus thought when he first read that scripture. But we know by the time Jesus was 30, he responded to John the Baptist and said, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus knew at this time that this referred to him. Growing up, Jesus would have read the book of Isaiah. I wonder what he thought when he read the these scriptures. Isaiah chapter 7. Bring it up, mate. Is it there? Isaiah 9, maybe? Isaiah 7. Then Isaiah said, Listen, well, you royal family of David, isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. By the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he'll be eating yogurt and honey. That's talking about Jesus there, isn't it? by the time he's old enough to eat yogurt and honey he has the ability to choose between right and wrong just like we can choose between right and wrong so did Jesus Jesus had the ability to choose I don't know if you get that he had the ability to choose Yes, he's God, but he's also human. That amazes me. He had a choice to either accept that he was the son of God or reject. And just like we have the ability to choose right, but wrong, Jesus did 2,000 years ago the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, 100% God, yet 100% man. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus was with the race, human race, 2,000 years ago and he's still with us today. Jesus grew up on this earth and experienced life just as we experience life. And he chose to fulfill the core of being the Messiah which leads me to my third point the ministry of Jesus shows us how God himself acted and ministered whilst on this earth Jesus is the image of the invisible God we see Jesus and often we don't know God how do I act what do I do how do I respond in these situations? Well, Jesus shows us. In Hebrews 1.3, we've already read it, but I'll just recap. It says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And Colossians 1.15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, Jesus existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and he made the things we can't. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. Jesus, the image of the invisible God. The guy who was there from forever. I can't even say from day one. (laughs) He just was. You know, for me it takes more more it would take more faith to believe in evolution than, than than God to believe that something just went like that and it all happened I mean come on <laughs> we just spontaneously just happened everything was created through him and for him God sent his one and only son if you're going to send something to someone it means you got something to send don't you you can't send nothing, like, nothing. I've just sent. Suzanne nothing. <laughs> but if I'm going to send something, if I'm going to send this bit of paper, I've got it, right? And I'm going to send it to Michael. <laughs> I've just sent something. But I had it in my possession in the first place, didn't I? It was mine. <laughs> Jesus was with God the Father in the first place. And yet God sent Jesus. Jesus is real. Jesus was before creation. And God sent him to us. Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, was sent here for you and I. He is real, which also means that his ministry is real. And in Mark chapter 1, we see what the ministry of Jesus looks like. I'm just going to summarize the whole chapter of Mark. I'm going to try and do it in five minutes. (laughs) Mark chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. Jesus is the Messiah, prophesied about a thousand years earlier. Verse 9. Jesus began his redemptive work when he identified himself with repentant sinners in John's baptism. In three years at Calvary, he would be our sin bearer. Mark chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. Is the pronouncement from heaven, that Jesus is God's Son, and that God's Spirit is upon him. Mark, 12, 3, Mark 1, verse twelve, thirteen, 13. The temptation of Jesus, which shows us his humanity. In response to Satan, Jesus ultimately showed that, yes, he was the Son of God, but he came to live on this earth as a man, a man totally obedient to the will of his Father in heaven. Jesus defeated the temptations given to him by Satan, using the resources available to anyone in this room. Mark 1, 14-15, Jesus proclaims the need for mankind to repent and believe the good news, which was that he came to earth to die in our place so that our sins can be forgiven. Mark 1, 16-20, Jesus starts discipling others. Mark 1, 21-27, Jesus taught in the churches and proved his authority by showing that the evil spirits had to obey him. Mark 1, 29-34, Jesus heals many people and again shows his authority by not only healing them, but he did not allow the demonic spirits to speak. Mark 1:35. Jesus demonstrates the need for prayer in a quiet place. In other words, you've got to spend time with your Father. Mark 1:36-39. Jesus shows the need to evangelize and spread the good news by going throughout the whole region, preaching the gospel. Mark 1:40-45. 40, Jesus heals a man with lepros- leprosy and shows that he is willing to heal. And he demonstrates his compassion for us. The ministry of Jesus starts from the Old Testament. From the prophets that prophesied that the Son of God would come. Then goes to John the Baptist preparing the way. And Jesus indicates that under a new covenant we can have our sins forgiven through repentance. Jesus demonstrates his humanity by identifying himself with sinners that need repenting, even though he was sinless. Then the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus like a dove. And a big voice from heaven says, This is my son. I am so happy with you. Jesus proves his humanity by saying no to temptation and quoting scriptures. And then he starts his ministry by raising disciples and starting to evangelize, spreading the good news of the covenant. And then, as just if he hasn't proved it, he proves that he is the Son of God by healing people, setting people free, healing the oppressed, releasing those that are bound. And he would not let the demonic realm have a say. The ministry of Jesus, 100% God, yet 100% man. Emmanuel means God is with us. Jesus was with us. Jesus was with the human race 2,000 years ago, and he continues to be with us here right now through the Holy Spirit. He is God's representation. He's, he's what God looks like in the flesh. He's the image of the invisible God. Which leads me to my fourth and final point. Jesus chose to minister. Jesus chose to live a sinless life. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist clearly knew that Jesus was sinless and hence there was no need for him to be baptized. Remember when John said, Jesus, don't don't, you don't need to be baptized. But Jesus identified and it is, it was a a forbearance of what Jesus was going to say was going to be the new covenant. Jesus identified with us, but Jesus responded, "Let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness." And this was the new message. Under the Old Testament, the Jews could only have their sins forgiven going to a, a system of sacrifices. And the law required that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness. But what Jesus did when he got baptized, he showed the new way. He showed that sins could be forgiven through repentance. Jesus demonstrated his humanity by going through the waters of baptism and showing us that to be forgiven, we need to repent. God made Him, he who had no sin be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He was baptized in our place as our representative, representing all future repentant sinners. Jesus began his redemptive work three years before the cross. He showed us the way. And finally, Jesus is an example for us when we face temptations in life. Jesus chose to be sinless. I don't know about you, but I've been trying to portray the humanity of Jesus this morning. And yet, yes, he's 100% God, but yet he's 100% man. And we see in the temptation of Jesus in Mark chapter 1 that He's just been baptized, and the heavens have just opened up, and the Holy Spirit's come down on Jesus like a like a dove, and this massive voice from heaven has said, "This is my son, who I'm well pleased." And then Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, where he's he's gone without um, food, and possibly water. I'm not sure, for forty days and forty nights. And he faced temptation from Satan himself. Being the Son of God, which he knew at that time, and being empowered by the Holy Spirit, he could have called on heaven itself for help. He had every angel in the spiritual realms at his disposal. Yet he chose to show you and I the way. that when we're faced with temptation, just like he was, what do you do? What did Jesus do? He used the word of God. As an example, Satan challenged Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. In other words, prove it. Prove you are the son of God. Satan knew it. your son of God and use his supernatural power to satisfy your hunger. But Jesus knew what he had to do. He knew that he had to be a man trusting by faith in God his Father. A man defeating temptations using the same resources available to every person in this place. Every person that submits to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus do? He answered quoting from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 8.3 it is written man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God in other words Jesus said I'm going to be obedient to my father in heaven right here right now I choose to submit to my father I'm not going to fail yes I'm the son of God but I'm going to live life on earth as a man and be totally obedient to the will of my Father in heaven. The ministry of Jesus. 100% God, yet 100% man. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus was with the human race 2,000 years ago and he continues to be with us right here, right now through the Holy Spirit. He is the representation of God and he shows us how God himself acted and ministered whilst he on the earth and he chose to minister and live a sinless life on this earth as the band come back up. This morning we've kicked off the series all about Jesus and it's been my honour to try and share with you this morning the way it all started. That yes, Jesus is the Son of God and that in Him and through Him all things are created both seen and unseen. But yet, he chose and was sent to live life here on this earth. He was in flesh, skin and bones. He grew up as a young boy. He crawled, he walked, he laughed, he cried, he jumped. He he experienced life as we experienced life. He saw the sun, he saw the moon, he saw the, the stars in the sky, he saw... Venus and Jupiter (laughs) like we did this week but yet he was so humble that he chose to die for you and I would you bow your head for me Jesus I thank you that you came that you lived here on this earth Jesus, I thank you that you showed us your humanity in that you were willing to submit to the will of your Father in heaven. And Jesus, you showed us that you were willing to minister and willing to live your life for us here on this earth. That you were willing to die in our place. And that you showed us a new way through your ministry you showed us a new way that when we repent and believe in you that you did come to earth that you did die for us and that you did rise again that we too are forgiven we too can be set free we too can have your spirit that when we are sick you are healing us when we are oppressed you set us free that we don't have to be afraid of evil because you have all authority in heaven and in earth. Jesus, we're just so grateful that you chose us. God, we just give our lives today in return. as everyone's just looking way by themselves. I just want to pray a prayer this morning. I encourage everyone to pray as well. And what it is, it's a prayer that just says, God, I need you. (laughs) It's a prayer that I've prayed so many times because I know that without Jesus... I haven't got much at all. So as we pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you came to earth. You chose to live here on earth for me. That you could have gone your own way, and done your own thing. you chose to minister you chose to die and you rose again for me today Jesus I acknowledge that I need you heal me set me free of sin Of sickness, of pain. Jesus, I give my life right here, right now, in your name.